I just got my uh, NBA on NBC hat, hat from some <laughs> Instagram <laughs> ad like two weeks ago. That's a great hat. Instagram is very honed with John everything Cash. that I will buy. I'm just worried. Right to I'm me. worried about TikTok shop starting to get me. I've actually. Ironically, it's been a bunch of golf things like swing trainers, and I'll send them to my friends who are really good at golf. I'm like, would this actually help me? Oh, and they said, smart. Oh no, you need way more work than <laughs> yeah. just a swing training aid, buddy. You need a, you that's, need lessons. You need so a you lot don't of buy stuff. it then. I don't buy it. Okay, no. well that's that's good. the da- by the way. Uh, so we've started our podcast here. This is are technically Purple Daily. It's really just score north at the Minnesota Golf Show here. We do have some fun Vikings reckless speculation, but uh, thank you guys for coming out here. The Minnesota Golf Show. This is the uh, Josh Arnold investment consultant stage, but don't ask us for investment advice, okay? Well, I just want to make sure that that's uh, you know laid out. Oh, Declan thinks he knows something. Maybe about I, I might be able to help. <laughs> Judd too, you know. Judd would just put all the stock in beer, right? Put all the stock in. That's where you'd like to go. I just invest in quarterbacks of the future. There you go. That's yeah. true too. That's my investment. Yeah. But uh, this can be a, a very dangerous place for I – mean, Judd, you don't really golf much, so you're probably not going to go and I'm retired. spend a bunch of dumb money. But nope. This is where Declan and I feel like, okay, this is the year that it all comes yep. together. I just need some apparel and, like, some lessons, to, and I can shoot 92 instead of 100. Yeah, merch, too. I was going to say, check one. I already got the apparel. I got here an hour yeah. early, so I got that. Do you have your apparel sitting yeah. nearby? It's, uh, it's back there somewhere. Okay. I got a nice we little zip-up jacket, a little, fashion, little fit check, as the kids like to do on Instagram, TikTok. With price fit on check. fit check. We should actually have you start doing fit checks before games. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's a great – so a, I'm going to write that down for check? AJ. So a fit check is where you, I have no idea. as you're getting ready, either you'll, you'll put your phone in a little bit of the back or you'll film yourself in the mirror and you will go cloth, clothing by clothing item. So you got your new balances on. You got these type of whatever branded pants these yeah, are. These are like Kmart. You're also Zolgad hoodie. You would give every piece of clothing you're That's wearing Target. plus your backpack and stuff. It's a fit check. So I'd say like Kmart, Target. Yeah. Okay. I got these at Kmart. I got these on TikTok shop or Instagram shop. Yeah. Yeah. Is there still a Kmart open in the Twin Cities? Uh, the one I'm going to talk about me closed at, or when, when I was a kid closed. Blue okay. Light Specials were the best, though. God, I love Blue Light Man, Specials. Back in the day. So exciting. So we've got, uh, we will do some bonus feedback Friday because some, some people have sent some, some fun questions in from our episode yesterday uh, of Purple Daily. But uh, we like to recklessly speculate on this show. And DraftKings just came out with new Kirk Cousins team odds. Ooh. I would love to Perfect. just go through these teams. And there's a couple of usual suspects here, but would love to go through these teams and see what your guys' thoughts are. Sure. And, uh, you know, if I don't know. I guess we don't have a microphone. No, we do have a microphone there's over a here. Mic like right there. If, Pat, if somebody wants to come in from, with, like, a hot take from the crowd. Is that possible? We could. This microphone is active, so feel free. The odds-on favorite is the Minnesota Vikings at minus 200. Okay. All right. Number two most likely team for Kirk Cousins, the Atlanta Falcons plus 300. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're chalk here so far, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that sounds right. Number three, a reunion. Oh, God. Bringing his career full circle back to the Washington Commanders. I talked about plus that, too. They, they ripped me off. Yeah, you were the first one. That's probably why I went Doogie up. told me I was crazy. I'm like, well, I think but, you're crazy, too. Well, I don't think they're going to, but they could definitely draft. If, if they were to get Kirk back and they got a ton of salary cap space, they, they could then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And this is – I don't know if this I, – I think this is active on DraftKings. I don't know that this is just for content purposes, but if it's active, you know, they did some, yeah. some digging on this. Could you see him going back to Washington? Now I could. Yeah, with, with, um, with Daniel Snyder gone and, and that whole administration is gone – 
And I think he liked it out there. I think it was just a team thing. Yeah, it's kind of a game changer when the the owner that sort of put his thumb on you yeah. in the front office and they're gone. Yeah, like Jay Gruden but, and those guys are all just. Gone. But if this whole Drake May thing has legs, right? And and let's say that the Bears are going to take Caleb. Williams at one, and now the Drake May thing is there's some concern about him. And Jaden Daniels we know is good, but it was a clear one-two before. Yeah. You know, if you can get Marvin Harrison Jr. or trade down slightly and get mm-hmm. a ton more and sign Kirk, they do have the cap space, I will say that. Yeah, they ha- I think they have the, f- the most cap space yeah. of any team in the league. They're ridiculously Washington. rich. Okay. Number four, the Las Vegas Raiders, hmm. plus 800. So call it yep. eight, eight to one. I've said that. I know that we had that fun debate about you couldn't see Kirk Cousins I living in like a penthouse at, first, at the Bellagio. And that's why I was wrong. Yeah, he's not going to be at like the chandelier bar at the Cosmopolitan. <laughs> but he could live in Henderson. Yeah. Go live out Go live out near where uh, the teams are staying this week during Super Bowl week. You know, go live like a half hour away, away from the riffraff. I wonder what would be his table game of choice, though. I don't know if he'd do blackjack. He seems like a pie gal guy to me. Okay. I don't. I don't see him playing poker. Kirk? Oh, he's all slots. No, he's a poker player. He's at the slot But he's machine. folding every single hand oh, in wow. Texas Hold'em until he gets well, aces or kings. Wow, you had to take a huge he, shot. He looks down at queens, and there's been, a, ra- there's been a raise and a call, yeah. and he's like, he's on the button with queens. He's like, ah. Dude, Kirk and Julie are sitting at the, sl- at the slot machines that make the most fun noise. <laughs> That's <laughs> what? what they're doing. Wow. Which one? I think the Wheel of Fortune slot is probably the one. I mean, Don plays those. I, it, it's just oh, more I, fun. I, you know, I, I don't sure. see him at a table. Roulette, maybe? Okay. No. It's too, also too much of a game of chance for him to do it. I think he's going to do something with Julie, and I think they're going to have fun. And craps? No. Craps is too out of your control. Roulette's too out of your control. Poker's in your control because you get that's, to decide I, which yeah. hands you play. You know? Okay, so maybe you could play poker. Right. That's an ace-king suited. Uh, there's three hearts on the board, I but somebody might have a straight flush. Okay. Okay. I need a post-game presser of him breaking down a poker hand now. I, I need to hear that. But it's interesting that the commanders <laughs> and raiders are now go- going up. That's really intriguing. The raiders make a make a t- I mean, the, if the commanders... And the Falcons do, too, obviously. If, if the commanders didn't have the previous connection with Kirk and the falling out, if it was just like Team A, right? right. They have a ton of cap space. It, it makes sense. And then they could draft Marvin Harrison Jr. That's with the yeah. second pick, right? Yep. Okay. The Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots are plus 1,200, so 12 to yeah. 1. Who did the Titans hire again after Vrabes left? Who did they get? Did they Callahan's get, um, kid. Brian Callahan, Brian who's Callahan. Bill Callahan's son. And Brian was the OC oh, that's for right. the and, Bengals. And Bill is trying to get over. And Bill did. did. Bill got yeah. over. Okay. Bill's going to be the O-line coach. Okay, Pittsburgh Steelers at 25-1. to 1. I like that one. Even with even with really drastic odds, that, that's one last hurrah with Tomlin, right? I mean, Kenny Pickett clearly isn't the answer yeah. there. And did they have the cap space? Did we, they were, I don't we know what their them. cap situation. I don't know what their cap was, but I, that makes sense. They feel like a quarterback away in a very quarterback competitive uh, division. The Denver Broncos are 35-1, to 1, I think mostly because of their cap is pretty jacked it's up. Awful. Yes. But there's always ways, and Sean Payton operated that way with the Saints for a long time. Okay, here's two other fun teams. They're at 50 to 1, but they are listed okay. on DraftKings for Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears. Bears. He's from Barrington. 
Grew up a Lions fan, but he, he's from he, – he was born in what if the, Barrington. What if the Bears, they, they trade Justin Fields for like a second-round pick? Oh, this makes so much sense. They and use they their back. cap space to sign Kirk Cousins, and then they draft, draft Marvin picks. Harrison Jr. Yeah. and a defensive player in the first ten picks. Or they uh, just move back like two slots, still take him and get more draft capital. You know what? Yeah. I, if, I might put 100 bucks on this right now because that would pay off a lot of debts for me. I, I like that one. To the Bears, it makes it, it, it makes a ton of sense. They traded Justin Fields, and they used all the draft picks to get the skill position guys. I love how we've gone from, of the three of us, Declan knows the most about investing on the Josh Arnold, Arnold best yeah. investing stage consultant to stage. 50 to and one. then he's like, give me a $100 bill so I can bet on Kirk Cousins to the Bears. Give the Bears. <laughs> Make it happen. Yes. And then the other 51 team is the New York Giants. Be they'd, have to, they'd, have to be, they'd have to be paying Daniel what Jones gonna do $40 Daniel? million. Dollars I was going to say, are they going to trade? Kirk Cousins... And if you're Kirk, are you going to join that team he's not going and make there. less than Daniel he's not Jones? Going there. He's, oh. he's not going there. I, I changed my opinion on the Raiders completely. Kirk Cousins is not going to play in New York or for the Jets or Giants. Yeah. Okay. He's just not. Okay. That's interesting. So the Bears thing, the Bears thing is a little bit intriguing, but I don't think the Bears the Bears are so weird like they, they've got the money now yeah. and I do think that they're building in the right direction but I don't know what they're going to do too like is Fields gone for sure we still don't really know that and also maybe it's just some of the stuff that's like Caleb Williams to me I don't know if I'm if I'm the Bears I'd almost rather just trade out of that slot and just let someone else make that decision the GQ photo shoot that comes out, and now it's like, okay, I'm going to wear a, a dress like Dennis Rodman in a photo shoot and gain all this media attention. Yeah. I'm going to be crying in my parents' arms after football games. If you're the Bears, are you 100% sure about Caleb Williams? I don't know. Well, and the other problem is because of their structure, they have – what scares me about the Bears is I, I think a lot of these guys that are success stories are, yes, very talented – but they're also drafted by the right teams. Is Matt Eberflus the right head coach to develop your quarterback? But they could have they could have fired him and probably hired Jim Harbaugh, right? I know, but so I'm just must, saying they must like him. Yeah, but who cares? But if you ranked every head coach in the NFL based on like, do they look like an NFL head coach? Right. He would be. Well, I would say Mike Mc, Mike McDaniel's probably so, in the bottom three. Justin looks. But Matt Eberflus is definitely in that mix well, at the bottom. And he might be a decent, like, overall administrator coach. But I'm just saying as far as plopping a young quarterback into that culture. And and could you make a case that Fields would be farther along right now mm-hmm. if, he w- if he had been drafted by a different team? Now, the one thing I will say about Washington, yes, Dan Quinn got that job. But Dan Quinn already had success with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Yeah. So, like, there's some at least some precedent huh. there. Until the second half of the Super hey, Bowl. Hey, you know what? <laughs> That's a great question. If I was to tell you the Vikings were going to be up by 25 points at halftime of a Super Bowl and blow it, would you take the Super Bowl berth? That's the next step here is to get to a Super Bowl, right? right? But, but I'm just saying, like, like, if I told you <laughs> next season, I'm guaranteeing you a Super Bowl berth. Unfortunately, it's going to be a unbelievable meltdown. Would you take the Super Bowl appearance just to say, hey, this team yes. got back to a Super Bowl 100%. for the first time since, what, 1977? You would 100% take that, I think. I think. I don't know. So the Bears have. Um, nodding in the audience, too. 
they have 46 million in cap space for this season, according to Over the Cap. Next year, that number is still 124. So they yeah. have a ton of future uh, uh, commitments up. I mean, they signed like Traymon Edmonds last year, that linebacker, to a big deal. He's Montez Sweat, Montez I think, Sweat signed, a deal, signed right? a deal. So like both those two guys are making 20 plus million dollars for them next year. Yeah. But I think polls will probably have a pretty good indication if Caleb Williams has those intangibles too. I mean, that guy's. He's very much like Kwesi, where he's kind of, even though he's a football player, Ryan Poles was, um, they definitely have a little bit of an analytical side where they said, you know what, that risk isn't worth it for us. Let's get more first-round picks, which we've been doing, yeah. trade down, go sign Kirk Cousins. You know, speaking of Cousins, I was, uh, so Justin Kraft, I don't know if he's here, but Justin Kraft is uh, one of the golf instructors that was over here on this stage at the golf show today. By the way, has a, a huge Instagram following and does really fun content. Check him out on the gram. But he came over, and we had never met before, and he said, I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan, and I want to have a conversation with you. And I was like, okay. I pulled up a chair, and well, we sat down, and I learned something today. And I feel like I've learned this before in having these conversations that it's, and maybe we're guilty of this, that it's kind of painted as like, Kirk Cousins stands over here, and then we can, you know, the Cousins Crusaders, right, as we sort of poke at, and then you're a Cousins hater. Yep. But when you actually have a conversation, the Venn diagram overlaps probably 80%. Because mm-hmm. he starts asking questions, and, and, and they're great questions. And he goes, like, when, before he got hurt, where would you have him ranked among all quarterbacks? And he's like, I think he was about the eighth best quarterback. Like, we're, we're, You probably had him at, like, what, 16th? And I said... This season? No, I th- he was probably 10th. I don't know. Between, like, actually, 9th yeah. and 11th before the injury. He's like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but what about, like, you know, you don't want him back, right? You want to... Like, what's your plan at quarterback? I said, no, I, I do want him back for, like, a year. Because he just tore his Achilles and he's 36 years old. I'd like him back for maybe a year... And maybe it's a two-year contract, but the second year you can get out from underneath. He goes, yeah, that's okay. That's pretty much what I think, like, the more we talk to each other here in Vikingsville, <laughs> right? we, we all pretty much well, want the same thing, right? Like a bridge quarterback Vikings, and a Super Bowl. Like Vikings fans do. Cousins fans don't. Like, there, there's a distinct it, – it sounds like Justin is a Vikings fan who likes Cousins. Yeah. Which is, I think we're all on, for the most part, the same page here. Um, there are definitely some cousins fans though. Yeah, it's who like, just, like a roving gang of and cousins they'll just switch fans. teams. It's like, oh, we're gonna I, we're I, all gonna I, move our families to Atlanta now next year. Well, yeah, year. no, it's they'll they'll great. just be Falcons fans. Sorry, on honey. Hey, kids, we're gonna we're looking at school systems in Georgia. But, but I think that I think the thing we come back to is Kirk Cousins can come back. It just has to be the Vikings' price. Like in eighteen in two thousand eighteen, he drove the market because of the perception that he was going to get a team that was one game from the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so at that point in time, the investment was, okay, screw it. We are willing to – hey, Jerry Zagoda. Jerry Zagoda in the house. We, we should talk some early 90s Timberwolves and Jerry Zagoda. <laughs> no, no, forget that. Mid-80s North week. Stars. Mid-80s <laughs> North Stars. That guy, I still remember his first byline in the Star Tribune from New Jersey in advance on a Devil's North Star game. Still remember it. I think I was a sophomore Penild. That's right. Steel Trap. Can't remember yesterday, but Steel Trap. Hey, what's, our, what's our recording schedule tomorrow? Yeah, well, but, 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 Stars Nugget. Yeah. I can't remember that. Um, but yeah, you know, I think if, I think it's just a different circumstance now. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. But eventually you do have to also accept the fact that you're going to have to have a replacement for a guy who's going to turn 36 next summer. Well, let's get into some of it. So we have some great little feedback. We're going to do Feedback Friday on a Saturday here from uh, the Minnesota Golf Show. 
First of all, Chad Harris says, fellas, 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 hope you're having a good day. Thank you. But that's going to come with a but. There's a comma there. Yeah, no, it? that is the end of his email to us. That it's just, shocks me. Fellas, 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 hope you guys are having a good day. Is there a period at the end, or did, did he accidentally it's an excla- send? It's an exclamation. Oh, wow. I was yeah. going to ask if he, if he accidentally sent send before flaming us. Nope. Uh, so thank you, Chad. Appreciate Hope you're having a good day, too, as you listen to this, maybe on demand. Uh, Dale says, I'm trying really hard to come up with a reason that Kirk might want to return to the Vikings when Phil and Judd have seemingly made it their life's work to trash the man twice daily on their show, daily comments like glass ceiling and can't win a Super Bowl uh-huh. and uh-huh. shrinks in primetime are not conducive to a player feeling welcomed here. Grow up Judd and grow up Phil. Did you happen to see that Kirk Cousins, uh, while working media row in Vegas on Friday, took a picture with Mike Florio, where they're all smiles and oh, arms. God, Dude, Mike, awesome. Mike he Florio did a skit with a, Cam Jordan at the yeah. NFL Awards. Mike, Florio, Mike Florio's hate for Cousins makes us look like we are the biggest Kirk Cousins fans. So I don't think what we're – I got bad news for <laughs> Phil and Judd. Them not growing up, it probably is not going to affect the Cousins household Listen, in where he goes. If you steal – I mean, if you earn $200 million oh, over wow. six years Here we go. Wow. and Here produce we go. one playoff victory – I'm not sure how welcome you should feel. Wow. I'm not trying to be, like, mean to his – but, like, you came here as a mercenary yeah. to help get the Vikings to a place that they've never been. It's been six years. I don't know that we need to, like, feel – I don't know that we need to be signing another lease for $80 million just, dollars in this I love the notion that athletes are driven by what talking heads say. <laughs> the only time I've ever seen him legitimately get upset is when you have asked him questions. Like he the, does the, the he doesn't like the me pandemic going back thing. to the pandemic thing. Um, but in general, like he can take a picture with Florio, and he's very PR smart. He just he, oh, yeah. he knows how that works. But yeah, unless you're asking him questions, I've legitimately never seen him he get didn't much like annoyed. The, he didn't like the pandemic stuff. Yeah, he did not. Uh, Anthony Ladens has we did some '90s TV rankings. Oh, yeah. on a show this week. Yep, on Friday. And he gives us his rankings: Mad TV. Yep. Deaf oh, wow. Comedy Jam. Guts on Nickelodeon. Guts. The Agro Crag. Oh, I love Is that an old one? Guts. Guts. Do you remember that show? No. No. Oh. No recollection. But it I was, was like I a, was in my twenties, probably. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was a bunch of like teenage kids doing obstacle course. It was like gladiators for oh, kids, okay. basically. Yeah. And then at the end, they had this big like mountainous rock structure called the <laughs> Agro Crag. And you had to, like, navigate and climb, climb up it, it up while it, they yeah. tried to, like, throw okay. you off or something. I don't remember that. And it was hosted by the Rick. Uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, the guy who did the commercials for yeah. ESPN. Yeah. Uh, the, the Boston. NHL. Yep. And then had a short-lived, awful sitcom. And then American Gladiators also. Oh, great one. Anthony That Lanes. is also a great show. Yeah. Uh, I saw the first episode of Curb season twelve. I know you guys watched. it. I rewatched it actually. You inspired me. You texted us, and I was like, you know what? It starts the great. I had a buddy over too who hadn't seen the episode yet. I was like, we're gonna rewatch this right now. It might be every time I see it, I think the same thing. It's my favorite show of all time. The JG Wentworth, the, yeah. the gal singing the call eight seven seven cash now. They want to I need structured settlement. Tracy Allman is unbelievably funny. She's always been great. Brookie. In, in fact, her show, the Tracy Ullman show in, on Fox in the late 80s, is where The Simpsons started. 
Oh, really? The Simpsons started, it, it was a sketch show. And so okay. it, it just had different bits. And The Simpsons started as the sort of crude cartoon huh. on the Tracy Allman show. No kidding. And then they basically were like, okay, this is too good just to like try to shoehorn in and became a full-time I show. I knew that. 877 cash, cash now. now. Man. Do you have to sing that all the time, Larry? <laughs> uh, Anthony D. says, this is another conversation we had this week. It's more Kirk slander, but I said, is there a wider gap between how much we like someone as a person and how much money they've made and all and that been versus how much team success they've been a part of? And Anthony D. says, regarding the wider gap conversation, Tim Tebow has to be in the mix. Uh, I mean, he won, he won two national titles, was maybe the greatest college quarterback of an era. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but is he saying as a pro? I, but Tim Tebow made money essentially off of his college resume, sure. which yes. is one of the best of all time, right? Yep. And then someone else floats Tony Romo. That would make we've discussed that before. The money, like the money and the yeah. likability ratio, compared to your did yep. your team do anything? Yes. Yep. Yes, that one we've discussed that one before. That one actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because those Cowboys teams never made it to an NFC Championship no. game with Tony Oh, God, Romo, they right? got no. blown out here by the 09 Vikings. You remember mm-hmm. that? That was And everyone thought the co- that was the one for the Cowboys to finally make it through, and it was an embarrassing loss for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Do you, you, so Romo has then parlayed that into you know $20 million a year in the broadcast booth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kirk Cousins will be a $25 million broadcaster in five years? That's a great question. I don't – you know what? I don't think so, but I wouldn't guarantee it. Like, the, since the Netflix special, he's really surprised me. Like, I, you know, I think that before that, Kirk was, I don't want to say closed off, but we certainly didn't know a lot about Kirk right. and his family. Yeah, yeah. And the Netflix thing, mm-hmm. I mean, they were, they were, in my opinion, easily the stars. Like, Marietta looked awful. Didn't I see though? Brittany, Brittany Mahomes, Mahomes looked, she's parlayed into a friendship with Taylor Swift, and now yep. she's going to be well, on like, is she going to be on the Sports Illustrated? Yes, swimsuit yes. edition or something. But Brittany Mahomes, like the the thing there is that you know when Taylor comes to games, they put her with Brittany in that box. Yeah. But I'm saying like you didn't know anything about Julie Cousins. No, you didn't know. You hadn't seen his kids, and then you got the whole you know. Chicken Nuggets thing outside the locker room. That was great. Barnes yeah. and Noble. That was great. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. So I, I it's my lucky day. Yeah, I wouldn't guarantee. <laughs> I. It feels like Kirk has. Um, it feels like Kirk has embraced the spotlight. Oh yeah. More than I think he thought he would. What's a good? You know, like when you run Saturday errands. You know, you and you and the gal mm-hmm. go out. What are like the three stops that Kirk? Kirk gets up on a well, Saturday in the off season, and hey, let's. Uh, Let's go hit, what is it, it's Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble. Coal, you know, Coles, obviously, Coles. The, the thing with, uh, got a question? Uh, oh, dude, up. yeah, grab that yeah, mic. Yeah, 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 come on yeah. up. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond, not sure if we're going to have enough uh, time for that. Can you hear me? I think we got yes, him. We, can. Yeah, we got yeah, you. We got you, buddy. All right, Hold on. Awesome. Well, first of all, I want to say I love your podcast. I watch it every day. Thank so. you. Thank you, man. Big fan. So I've always wanted to ask you all a question. You know, I know that we've talked a lot about trading back in the draft for a quarterback, but let's say, theoretically, Kirk Cousins didn't come back. Um, if we just stood Pat at number 11 and we selected one of the second-ring quarterbacks, would you feel like that was a dramatic overreach, or would you be okay if we just took, or stood Pat and took a quarterback at 11? I think we should have somebody else answer that question. 
I think Thor Nystrom should come up and answer that question on this microphone right wow, here. Wow, what a play. You guys look alike, by the way. Thor, Thor Nystrom no, no, from Fantasy no, Pros is in the house. Yeah, they look a bit alike, but don't kid yourself. This guy could kick Thor's ass here, <laughs> here across the thing, and that guy could kick that guy's ass, and there would just be, it'd be complete chaos. Oh, God. And, and one other thing, for a bridge quarterback, what if yeah. we did get Russell Wilson and had a quarterback? I you know, hate that bench. idea. <laughs> I'll answer that. I hate that idea. Okay, Thor knows more about All the right. draft than pretty much anyone in the country. So, Thank you. J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> of course. J.J. McCarthy. So if we stay at 11, was yeah. the – Yeah. If we stay at 11, yeah. I, for me, it's J.J. McCarthy. I don't know if J.J. McCarthy is going to be available there. To me, is the is the bigger question now. When more people see him, they're going to see it. That's why you guys haven't heard the hype about him yet. But for me, I would allow Kirk to leave. Uh, the bridge guy I would take is Minshew. But if Wilson, after getting cut by the Broncos, if he's going to take less money on a one-year deal, I I love Phil's take on this. I wouldn't delineate more than one year of guaranteed money to any quarterback out there. So whoever's going to come in to be that bridge guy, he's got to take the one year. I would go with McCarthy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Gardner Minshew would be a blast for just one. If Kirk goes and plays for the Falcons or somebody, right? I think people would love watching Gardner Minshew. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's good vibes. He can get you through he's to the all, next he's day. He's all vibes. I he's guess. all vibes. Yeah. Does he, he still live in the RV? Does he still do that? He used to. I don't know if he's upgraded now. I hope he's upgraded. He's probably upgraded. I'd hope get a better nicer I mean, RV. Probably. Maybe maybe cousin Eddie there has this more legitimate <laughs> RV. It yeah. could be like the coolest RV you've ever seen at that point. Yeah. So can JJ here? Here's yeah. my first question off of this entire conversation. If they take him at 11, what's your faith that he could step in and play immediately? So, so you sign a backup to him, yeah. but it's not a bridge. It's just a guy who's there. But you say opening day, you know, let's say they're playing the Packers, J.J. McCarthy is under center. Yeah, so my, my take about the viability of his ability to be able to play right away is it's not going to hurt his development by playing right away, right? This is a kid who just started two years, just won the national title, played for an NFL head coach, like literally now as the Chargers head coach, on an NFL staff, ran the, the NFL system, the pro-style system, whatever. He is not – it's not going to hurt his confidence if he struggles the, the first year or whatever. So I think you absolutely could play him. He certainly played early at Michigan. Um, the, I, I think that's viable. I would have the bridge guy with him, and I would also temper the expectations as the fan base of, I don't think he's go you're going to make the playoffs in year one with J.J. McCarthy as your starting quarterback. Okay. But I think he's worth investing in. Okay. And, and one okay. thing I, I was telling these guys before, because we were sort of laughing about how all of our Twitter mentions. The internet's going to blow up again. Watch out, Thor. Right have become yeah, Seth Wills. J.J. McCarthy, a guy who came out of a pro-style system, as everybody knows at Michigan, it's one of the reasons why his statistics were a little bit lower. They were in blowouts. They were, uh, you know, establishing the run initially, whatever. I don't think people realize about J.J. McCarthy's game how good he is out of structure, how mobile he is, and how good he is throwing on the run. He's one of the better quarterbacks coming into the NFL over the last five, six years of throwing on the run and out of structure, right? I think not only do people, they try to dumb it down and be like, oh, look at his stats. They didn't trust him enough, whatever. When I think the, the talking point should actually be, you have this potential prodigy of an out-of-structure quarterback who was able to start at the beginning of his second year out of high school for Jim Harbaugh in an NFL system for an NFL staff. He was able to fit his game into that system 
What happens when you take the restrictor, restrictor plates off J.J. McCarthy and then he continues to develop? The kid's 20, 21 years old right now. I think that's how you have to start viewing him and the potential of J.J. McCarthy at the next level. Also, not many draft analysts can blend NASCAR phrases with football oh. phrases as seamlessly as Thor and I. Just to give him a round of applause football. right there. Clap uh, yeah. for Thor. What's your um, name and uh, what's your question? My name is Ellis. Um, stay right over here in Minneapolis. So right on, local Ellis. fan of everything in Minnesota. Nice. Um Coming off of what you were just talking about, could you give us maybe a comparison, an NFL comp for J.J. McCarthy, or maybe a ceiling and a floor that he could he could maybe reach in his career? You have Vikings fans so excited about yeah. J.J. McCarthy after your rant. That they're the talking day. ceilings Great, and dude. floors again. Yeah. Love ceilings and floors. The, the comp one I'm still workshopping um, because you're talking about a guy who I think his special sauce at the NFL is going to be winning out of the pocket and out of structure, this throwing on the run stuff, the under duress stuff. But we didn't get to see as much of it at Michigan because of the system. So I'm still, I'll have a good one for you in the in the next month. I will say I don't love the comps that I've seen out there for him. You know, like I saw one yesterday. They're starting to get a bit more respectful to him, but like yesterday was like, oh, he's Daniel Jones, and it's like that would be his floor. Right. I don't see how. J.J. McCarthy in three, four years, whatever. I don't see how he's worse than Daniel Jones, right? He can do all the same things. It's a a similar – Daniel Jones is a little bit uh, more fortified in terms of the frame, but J.J. McCarthy is more athletic than he is. I I think you can assume that he's going to be a better runner at the NFL level. He's certainly better throwing on the run. He's certainly better throwing to the second and third level out of the pocket, out of structure, and on the move, whatever. That's the floor, what, where did that guy go? Number six? Yeah. yeah. Whatever. And maybe he was a bit overdrafted, whatever. But, again, I think that's the floor. And then where do you establish the ceiling? And that's where I struggle with the, the comp a little bit, too, because you have to sort of blend a little bit what is the total downside with what's that potential atrium ceiling. What's the ceiling, man? Just give, just give us a name. Say it. Just say it. Say Tom Brady. You can't be workshopping when we're doing a show. You say Josh come. Allen. Yeah, just say it. Say Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen. Say his name. <laughs> say it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say those guys. Like I said, I'm – Johnny Unitas? I'm still workshopping. Uh, oh, a way b- – okay, a better version of Rich Gannon at his apex. Oh, okay. Would so be, a, a former MVP yeah. took him took him, took him a while to figure 30, it out. Yes, right? the opposite – and, again, this is why it's hard to do – the competent because it would be the opposite trajectory with, with, with McCarthy. He'd be coming in early, he'd be playing earlier. Uh, Gannon had to sort of wait his turn. But it's the same sort of thing of he's going to come up with the answer in the moment. You, you know, it, it doesn't all need to be following your thing. Although he can follow the system, he can follow the script. You just saw that because Harbaugh likes it when they follow the script. Yeah. But what happens when you let him off that now, leash? Some people have, and, and this is extremely reckless, okay, so I just want to put that label on it. Some people have speculated Jim Harbaugh likes J.J. McCarthy so much and the Chargers have the number five pick that they might shop Justin Herbert so that Jim can draft his guy. I think that would put the Chargers even further into cap hell, though, because didn't they already give him, like, the big signing bonus yeah. and everything? Yeah. Well, if, um, if, so, if, if I was the Chargers, I would call the Bears and be like, y'all have the first pick, y'all have the eighth pick, y'all have this war chest of picks. They have multiple day two picks, whatever. Herbert be- for the number one overall pick. I'd ask for one. I'd ask for eight. Oh, I'd man. ask for that'd be incredible. Maybe maybe one of their first next year. Maybe a day two pick. Whatever. 
But, like, wow. for the Bears, you could talk yourself into the idea of we already have the defense. Yeah. We already have the receiving court. We just got DJ Moore. We got Matt Eberflus. Right? Yeah. Ready if to rock. Do, right. If we just get the stud quarterback, we'll be cooking with gas at that point. <laughs> That's what I would do. And then I would trade down from one. You keep trading. Washington would go oh. up to one. Because they Mercy. got Cliff Kingsbury, who just worked with uh, Caleb at USC. Yeah. They might, would probably, I assume, give you their first the next year. You, could use, one you could use your cap space to buy Cliff Kingsbury some socks, too. You know, <laughs> you, could, you know, put some socks on. That'd be a waste. Um, I, I will say, I, I, do mock the, uh, I do mock the Bears, but they had the same record as the Vikings, and they're ascending. So at some point, the Bears are going to go from punchline that we mock mm-hmm. to... Like the Lions, right? I mean, well, they tore we made fun of the Lions for a long time. And meanwhile, look at that slow car in the right lane. All of a sudden, like, oh, the Lions are in the left lane now. The, the Lions, a team that took their, their appeal for multiple years. Uh, the fans never want the Vikings to take that step right. back. Whatever. Well, I mean, they took the pill for like, they took their like medicine, ate their broccoli for like 50 uh, years. The Lions yeah. just got it wrong. A lot though. of different medications what? involved there. Yeah. <laughs> My God, did, didn't they like at, at one point in time take, Charles Rogers, the, the yeah. receiver with like yeah. the third o- overall pick. I mean, yeah. that, that was during the run where it was Mike Williams and uh, the third one that they took yeah. there as well. The, oh, Megatron, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah they, got, they, got, they, they whiffed on two of them and they nailed Megatron, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. What's your name and what's your question? My name is Brock. I was here last year. You guys are amazing. I remember that, Brock. Day. Yep. So, if no one is willing to trade with the Vikes, do you see a world where they do not take a quarterback and they just build, build, build a team, the trenches, and wait for next year? Or is it very unlikely they don't leave the trap with the quarterback? I mean, like, we have the top, what, five or six quarterbacks? Do you see any other quarterbacks that could maybe be, I, I don't know, the Spencer Rattler, Jordan Travis, uh, FSU guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, anyone like that that... You could certainly take another one on day three, and certainly one who would immediately have more viability for the future than Mr. Jaron Hall. Yes. But if you want a guy that, wow. that the you slander. could just, <laughs> just, to yeah, drive, just, he just got done with his first season. Uh, come to the golf show, have just, some fun, and just please, drive by please open, Hall. Yeah. Open wow. the roster spot by cutting <laughs> Jaron Hall. All, all hope is gone to die there. <laughs> uh, but what tough. I would say, there's four guys that you could feel good about starting games next year. It, going back to the question about uh, whoever asked about it, can J.J. McCarthy start next year, not going to hurt his development, but maybe not you know, a, a playoff type guy. But he, he would be the last one on the stop of the three, four quarterbacks there at the top where I, you know, where I think you'd feel good about. Penix and, and Knicks, to me, you're throwing darts there. And you're by the way, you're throwing darts with smoke and mirror collegiate offensive system guys who are two, three years older than J.J. McCarthy. Sixth-year guys, McCarthy just came out after his third year. But your suggestion does make more sense than people think. Like, I could see them. Yeah. Well, they yeah, and, no. and I, I do think that that would be in play, yeah. And your depth, like, yeah. you don't have depth. Your interior defensive line right now is non-existent. If Hunter leaves, you have no edge. And if he comes back, you still need help at, at the edge. Your cornerback, because of the booth miss, that position is depleted. So, like, it wouldn't be – I think fans would be ticked off. Yeah. But it would, like, it would make some fundamental sense to say, we're going to try to get, get this right, and we got a lot of things to replace. You can't, yeah. you can't go in desperately needing a marriage to a quarterback, right? You got it. Like the last time they did that, they want they they <laughs> they went into that draft that would be in the 2011. They said we're drafting a quarterback, yeah. 
and Christian Ponder, I guess, is our guy. It was kind of the way it turned yeah. out. So, yeah, if, if you – now I think where you're drafting and the depth of the, the high-end quarterback play, like you should be able to get J.J. McCarthy sitting at 11 to start the draft, I would think, right? You, so you would like to hope. Don't go in needing a quarterback, but I think you're, you're going to have a hard time being in a better position based on this franchise. This franchise – rarely is sitting there with a top three or four pick, right? Yeah. So, And that's the thing where you go into draft day, let's say that they haven't re-signed Kirk, Kirk has gone somewhere else, whatever. Let's say they love McCarthy as much as I do. That's one where you're monitoring those couple teams in front of you because you're concerned about the two teams immediately behind you of hopping you. So you just monitor how those first three, four picks go. When did the first three quarterbacks go off the board? Now we're checking in with all the GMs who we've been talking to all spring trying to gauge what would that price be if we call you while we're, you're on the clock for moving up whatever and, and you just want to make sure you don't get hopped by one of those teams behind you but luckily they have the, a pick before those two teams behind them but the ponder draft as a whole is a great cautionary tale of drafts if you recall i think cam newton went one and then much like this year there was a a bunch of qbs locker hey, jake locker yeah, still playing man. exactly uh gabbert right yeah, and or so Gabbard still playing. Locker, yeah, Locker, Locker was out after. Like and Gabbard had years. spent spent the draft process, much of it being the projected top overall yeah, pick. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. anyway, long story short, that first round gave you one good QB. Yeah, you Did, know, was that the Kaeper, Kaepernick in that draft too? He yeah, was second, he was or like second round, round two, right? Or Dalton. Andy Dalton in the year. That might have been twenty ten. I might just be throwing out random names. That was uh, another round two guy. Okay, this is this this next one here. I'm just going through our our feedback bin. This is from someone who starts the email with, "Please do not use my name." <laughs> oh, I read this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay it says, "Please do not use my name." So you know what? We're gonna read it from anonymous. We're not we're not above reading this on our show. <laughs> it's 9:49 p.m. and I'm watching today's Purple Daily. This is from a couple days ago. The first 10 minutes, except for the frozen corn situation with Judd, is spot on. By the way, how is your ankle? Not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. I've, I've got a big bruise on the outside of, of my foot. and because It's your, I've it's been, your right ankle? I don't want to yeah, step on it and, on accident. And because I've been compensating, <laughs> I, I have a charley horse in my lower leg now because I've been limping so much. So and then my You're left incredible. leg did you started get like to a, hurt. Did you have someone give you a ride in a cart to get down? To no, I just limped. The golf show. I've been okay. limping for three days now, but it's not good. It's getting worse. You when, need the cane. When you're old, it progressively like everything starts to, to just go, and so now I'm just. You might want to talk to like a doctor, an orthopedic specialist, yeah. or something. That'd be nice. I'll just eventually it's got to go away. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Yeah. Eventually, when they have to amputate That's what Kirk said about his Achilles. Like, yeah, yeah. eventually, yeah, it's just going to go away. I'm not done. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he continues. Don't use my name. I know from firsthand information inside the building that there is a major division. And he says, in parentheses, schisms. Ooh, I love schisms. Inside the Vikings practice facility. I'm telling you that most people involved in decisions not named Wilf want to move on from Kirk Cousins. That's the ugly truth. And the future reality that will come to fruition when the Vikings pay another exorbitant amount of money to Kirk. He thinks the Wilfs are going to win out okay? Okay. Great. with this schism. That's great. Yep. The football guys know that this will be the death sentence for the team. However, the ones that write the checks are oblivious, naive, and stupid. 
This is Jerry Jones light. This offseason will prove that the Wilfs know nothing about owning a team, hiring good people to do work, and staying the bleep out of the way. Mark my words. Unless this guy's a team employee, I don't know why you had to name Anonymous to list all those reasons. Yeah, no, oh, it's, sorry, it's Kevin O'Connell at Hotmail. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? First of all, Wes Phillips at Vikings.com. <laughs> to, re- to read that note without the reckless speculation sounder I don't available, think we ha- I don't we think can't. we have yeah, yeah, go acapella. It violates all types of score north reckless rules. Reckless speculation. <laughs> I read that one. That's great. I mean, who knows, too? That. I will say we have no idea because we just don't, don't have enough of a sample size yet. We have no. Whoops! Oh, I almost phone. I almost just dropped that yeah. on Judd's ankle. Yeah. <laughs> get that note from Ted oh, off my God. ankle. This be a Larry David HR. moment. Get, yeah, get that note be, from Rob Brzezinski off bump. my ankle. Um, <laughs> I told you it was but, messed up. But we don't know how the relationship there between O'Connell and Quasi works. Here's another we question no off this email though. Have you guys ever sent an email to like? Well, a podcast or anyone really in your life mm-hmm. and said, don't use my name. I have inside information. Have you ever done that? And have you ever done it as a lie? Mm. Like I tend to, like oh, I might I be a sucker, but yeah. whenever someone sends a DM or an email yeah, and I says, I have inside information, yeah. don't use my name. Oh, yes. I just tend to believe them because yep. like, why would you send that if you did All right. I'll, I'll, I won't out them, but I got numerous tips from local bartenders about wild players that I've told Judd about on the show. That are true or not true? That I believe are true. Yeah, like why would they send why you Why would a they note? tell me it that specific with that player and that certain person? Why why <laughs> you would you would have to make up the makeup just to get there. So you'd have to be a sociopath to send to notes like up, this yes. and not have some and, actual yes, information. Welcome exactly. to the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you'd have to be a really bad human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, Blau on YouTube says a good, a good beer can sweat is a short to medium term fix for wing sauce and cheese dust fingers. We were talking about uh, koozie or no koozie. Oh, that's, you know? that's actually genius. Breaks it up a little bit. I am dead serious. I have used condensation on a can or my yeah. dog's mouth to get stuff off my hand. <laughs> oh, my God. Not like, one is come okay. On, the come other on. one's disgusting. I'm talking food. I'm talking food. Let's. No, no, Lord. no. I know, but like dog spittle is a that, that's disgusting. That's, no, a dog's mouth's a lot cleaner. You think? <laughs> it's self cleaning. That is so yeah. gross. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. Wait, what foods do you have your dog lick off your finger? You know, if it's not chocolate, if I'm eating something and he's staring at me, I'm like, you know what? My hand is kind of dirty. Why don't you give a couple licks this, here, Vinny? This sounds like something I would do, and I wouldn't do that. No, oh, yeah, no, I do. Where it all do the time. you wait? Where do you stand on licking your own fingers? Uh, buffalo sauce. I'll do that. One hundred percent. I'm licking those chops. Okay. Um, trying to think of something else that we have like, like a we have like a kangaroo court in our household where when my wife catches me licking my fingers, especially at a restaurant. Oh god. She's like horrified by it. Yeah, my. I owe her a dollar. Like, it's dumb because it's like okay, well we're just restaurants. Like Venmoing from the same account. Yeah. Right restaurants need. I I think it should be mandatory. All restaurants should have a wet, dog under the wet table. Naps. Oh, wet I naps. love a wet yeah. one. A good wet nap oh, is great. I steal them. I think yeah. a wet nap. No, I, I take them from restaurants. I'll oh, take yeah. five or six But I'm and saying bring like every I'm restaurant, yeah. you know, five-star mm-hmm. Michelin to McDonald's, everyone should have. Or, or a golden retriever under the table. You get done, you just Dude, throw I can't your hands under there. Vinny, yeah. here you go. I'm, sh- I'm shocked you do that. Nope, do it all the time. Oh, man. All the time. Are you a finger licker, Thor? 
<laughs> not in general. It's a very personal. Yeah, so it, you it don't is, have it, to. A, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure I wanted to disclose. Hey, guy. More importantly, Puppy Chow. Puppy Chow is a finger licker. That's a good one. Puppy Chow. Puppy Chow. I can dig. I can get down with that one. Oh man. Okay, I can't tell if this is a Great fake transition. name or not, but Richard Tuck chimes in. <laughs> Ross. Ross with the seldom laugh Ross, after, after just saying old. yeah, 12-year-old laugh in the background. <laughs> says, I've been a Vikings fan since about 1974. Uh, love Purple Daily. Thank you, Richard. Yesterday I was watching the YouTube episode and could not wait for Thor to come back on. Oh, geez. And I was blown I like away by his take on McCarthy. I, I live in Michigan and have followed Michigan football. And I just want to tell you, what do you think? Do you think he's going to – he's from Michigan, watches Michigan football. Do you think he's going to agree or disagree with you? After, after a look at my notifications the last couple of days, this one could go either way. He says, I just want to tell you that Thor was spot on. Oh. There you go. And I think the most amazing part of his game is when he gets some pressure and moves around and continues to look down the field for a receiver. There are some highlights on YouTube – I would love to see him in purple next year. 1,000%. Yeah, he's the, he's the out-of-structure, out-of-the-pocket, off-platform creator dude who was <laughs> succeeding in the pro-style system that in some ways pens him into the pocket. Again, yes. I, I, it doesn't get discussed enough with his game. Can he start week one, though, in his rookie year? Could he start week one? Not if you have the playoff expectations, but if you're like – Next year we're gonna it's gonna be the quasi rebuild whatever we're we're gonna you know go forward with his development absolutely it's not again it's not gonna hurt his development this kid's already seen it all he started for Jim Harbaugh the last two years he yeah. won the national title game yeah. etc yeah. that was when he was nineteen right like you yeah. know when he started so he he'd be totally fine starting I just don't th- you know again you're not gonna make the playoffs next year with him uh, let's see here well this is kind of a, from Zach in Toronto has a similar question about how long will it take a McCarthy or a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May to build back up? Oh, actually, you know what? This is a good question. Uh, he says, I know people say Kirk is well-respected as a leader and a man in the locker room, and he is. So how much do you have to factor in how long it would take one of these young quarterbacks to build up that leadership and that clout from that position? After you're going from one of the most senior veteran dudes in the league, and now you're bringing in a 20-year-old or a 23-year-old. And, uh, and he continues, says, well, look at C.J. Stroud in Houston. He balled out. That was Clearly exactly his what I was thinking in my head. love him already. Yeah, yeah if you're good. A guy you who know. got nitpicked all last process. Yeah, they totally. said They said he bombed the S2. They said, you know, he wasn't uh, charismatic and, yeah. like, different stuff like this. But, yeah, all you have to do is win. You win them over by winning. You know what? If I owned a team, I would not allow my personnel people to look at the S2. Really? It's, a, it's the silliest test. Pablo You're Torrey. not a believer in us, too? No. I, I'm not a believer in anything that, other than sports smarts. Okay. I, yep. I don't care if you can – I mean, how many – I have known more brilliant athletes who are awful students because it's a different skill set. For sure. It's not the same side of your brain. Yeah, a thousand percent. And they were nitpicking him for that about a month and a half, two months after he had just shredded Georgia in that playoff yeah. game where he's running all around and ripping them up. It's like that. That the, playing against the Georgia defense and succeeding would seem to be a pretty good indication that he can think with the bullets flying around him. Correct. Yeah. But it, so what? Yeah. The, the so they've replaced the wonderlick with the it's the S two cognitive yeah. test, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. What is what is the value of that test? So obviously it kind of failed CJ. And Bryce if Young you just like, looked at that. Bryce Young had like a near perfect score on it last year. 
and we'll let his career kind of Truths. play out. But, but yeah, early on, right, it looks for, like, I mean, you would never just use that test to right. make a decision on a quarterback, but I want my quarterback to be high IQ and smart, and that test said C.J. Stroud wasn't, right? But he clearly does know what he's doing, so what is, what is the value of that test? I, I think that there's some. There's some teams that like it. Uh, C.J. Stroud was obviously the example the other way. Brock Purdy is the famous example of it working. And the thing that it's trying to, to test is, like, that snap bang perceiving something, right? Like, yeah. in your peripheral vision, how quick do you see it? You know, you push the button. They have the different shapes come up on, on the screen, whatnot. Like, how, you know, how Ouch. quick, whatnot. I, I saw last Nick year. Mullins is just hitting every button. Yeah. <laughs> the, the owner of the thing, they were, he wouldn't mention the player he was talking about. There was some thought yeah. that this might have been C.J. Stroud. But he was talking about, oh, everyone in the media is criticizing and yada, yada. And they don't realize when he sat down to take that, that S2 test, he had just gotten off a three-hour flight. He hadn't slept the night before. So he was already baking in uh, outside factors that could lead your S2 performance to go down. Because mm. it's, it's, it's not a study and test. Isn't right? there a it's guy like, watching you do it? Isn't there a guy behind your back watching like you take the test? It's like a P test. Yeah, it is like a P test. We need a Wizenator, for God's sake. Why, why are we doing this Shout out to test. Ontario Smith. Yeah. After a long flight, though, like you've, these are million dollar investments. I, I want the guy. I mean, they as don't fresh let them possible. pee the morning of the combine, for God's well, sakes. The, like, there's a lot of things at the NFL. The combine, combine drives does. me crazy. The, the thing that drives me <laughs> up the wall is I, I believe it's now they get 15 minutes with X amount of prospects, okay? They clear out a, a hotel room, they literally clear the whole thing out, and it becomes a conference room. And you got guys like Rick Spielman, you know, and, and the Vikings team of people putting these guys to all these questions, blah, blah, blah. Here's my question. You think Rick Spielman's that smart? Like, do you, do you think that Rick Spielman <laughs> knows what he's watching? You, so you're basically saying it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of idiots. Yes, just like, it's a bunch of like, yeah. it, it would be well, like me not. trying to determine if, if a okay, guy. Okay, CJ. Now, now, the thing I like. If the, you hurt your ankle. The story that I heard, exactly. <laughs> the thing, yeah, exactly right. The, You'd forget their name about The five story minutes. that I heard, well, if, if it's like a Hello. defensive tackle. Hello. The story that, that we came across that I liked the most was who was the wide receiver that the Jaguars took years Justin ago? Justin Blackman. Yes. And a team put an FBI tail on him <laughs> to find out that he would go sit in a bar and get sauced like three you know, times a week. That's great life advice that, that's for what everyone. I would do. Live your life like, like there's this. an FBI tail yep. on you. Yep. you know? But I, that's what I would do. Like, okay, this guy clearly has a drinking problem. Okay, you know what I'm not going to do? Draft him. Because here's the thing at the combine. I know it's going to shock folks. These guys are all trained and lie. Do you have a drinking problem, Justin Blackman? <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> are, you, are you joking? I'll see at the bar. Yeah. Like, like this is the most overwrought. They interview train as much as they yes. athletic train. Like in so advance, the they do they like the there? mock interviews with their agents and like different stuff like that. So by the time that you get there, it's almost useless. Yeah. Christian Ponder, but by the way. And, Phil, we both saw this, was great. Oh, man. Great at the podium. I got, I got tricked hardcore in the first year and of that. And you consider like, yourself to be dumb? I'll never forget. I, I, I've told you this story. Because that's the question. Well, I'm not like, I shouldn't be running an NFL team. Well, but, you know, per, perhaps Rick I know my way around, you know, uh, like 90s video games. So that's, yeah, that's right. I got no problem but with that. Me too. I hosted an event. Oh, this is like one of the most embarrassing moments of my career looking back. <laughs> so Ponder gets drafted in 2011. And he kind of he got like a half season of play in 2011, and he, he whatever like he didn't look terrible. There was some flash there, right? He had some some speed. 
So the next off season, it was all, okay, McNabb is gone, it's Ponder's team, and it was all sort of positive going into the season. And there was some event, it was like a, like a VIP event for Vikings fans at like Mystic Lake Casino or something, on stage somewhere. And they asked me to MC this event with Christian Ponder. It was just to be a Q&A, like a town hall Q&A with Phil and, and Christian Ponder. And we're up on stage, right. and I'm like getting the crowd excited like, hey, this is your franchise quarterback <laughs> for the next 10 to 15 years. You guys are in good hands, Vikings fans. Let's give it up for Christian Ponder, right? And, and then a- even afterwards, it was like, wow, what a nice guy, socially savvy yep. guy, right? And fart noise. Yep. How much money that. have you paid to get that clip off the internet? Oh, my you gosh. Introdu- yeah. I think it was like, just like a little bit pre-YouTube blowing up. <laughs> okay, good, good. Thank God. The poorhouse, right? No, it was at like Mystic Lake. Oh, okay. The poorhouse thing was another event. Okay, we and did. Samantha the Ponder was there before she okay. blocked everyone in the Twin Cities media. Uh, we can let you get back to your food, by the way. Isn't that your food? Oh my, my chicken tendies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Thor and I started. Thor. Thank you, Thor. We totally didn't mean to keep you for like 20 yeah. minutes there. But, <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah. Jump back in here. Okay. I love the reckless speculation. Hopping back on to the draft here. Uh, I heard Matthew call the other day. Yeah. throw something out, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts, and I'd love to hear your ideal situation for what the Vikes do. So it was Christian Derrissa. You swap 11 with three, and you okay. give him a future first this to go get New Jane England. Daniels. So New England. Yes. So Derrissa. And, yeah. Swap first, and then <laughs> a you. A future? A future. Future first. So next yep. year's first. So, so, we, go so get the Vikings would be giving up. Yes, sir. Derisaw and a future first, first round yep. pick. To so get it's, it's like the Jefferson yep. Cowherd Somewhat. trade. And, and his reasoning was if you get a mobile quarterback like Daniels, left tackle isn't really as important. Yeah. And I, I thought it was intriguing, and I, I would love for them to trade up and get their guy, whoever that is. But I just want to hear what your ideal you know, it's situation funny, like, would be. Th- so. It's a really good question, and this idea of trading – Jefferson or Derisaw, I know that most Vikings fans bristle. Like, it's a non-starter conversation. But it is the same franchise as we've talked about that has traded Stefan Diggs, Percy Harvin, Randy Moss. I mean, it's different owner, di- or different, not different ownership in all cases, but different front offices. And you're going to have to pay. That, that's the thing, too. Derisaw is going to get paid not this spring, but next spring. Mm-hmm. Jefferson's almost certainly going to get paid this spring. So, like, there are financial Im- implications. Um, giving them my first next year along with my first this year at Derisaw seems like a steep price. Uh, but I certainly would consider, like, a second. What if, they, what if the Vikings determined, hey, I don't know why they would determine this for sure, but we're going to trade either Jefferson or Derisaw because we only want to pay one of them. Which one would... It's, you have to trade one of the two yeah. to go out, and you, and you get the number three pick and whatever else. But which one would you lean toward trading? I think they'd lean toward probably Jefferson because of the now. You have Addison. You, and, you trade and, Jefferson. Yeah, I I think that well, and if it's just a football decision, as dynamic as Jefferson is, you, you could make a case it's harder to find a left tackle as good as yeah. Derisaw. So now, from a public relations standpoint, I think it flips. But I don't know, you know, but the question is, would, would they be concerned about that? I have no idea. Yeah. But I think if it was just a football, just football guys, 
chewing on footballs in a back room, <laughs> you probably trade Justin. Slicing that yeah, they, football. It definitely seems like tackles are guys you draft, and if you can get them, you sign them, and there's, like, really no question. Like, wide receivers. It's harder to find left tackles than it is to find number one caliber receivers. And you don't want Jaden yeah. Daniels running for his life either. Like, like, I know he can run, and that's great, but, you know, those – Right now, your tackles appear to be pillars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. We don't want to go too far and say, oh, now that the Vikings have a mobile quarterback, yeah. you can just put a bunch of schleps out there. It right. doesn't matter. It still, it still matters. Okay, I got uh, one more from, uh, from Mac from Wyoming, who says, finally, you guys touched on at least six years of bad drafts instead of just ripping on Kirk Cousins. Um, we talk about bad drafts. Y yesterday, <laughs> we, yesterday, we, oh yeah, we also still have talked about him for a while. My too, yes. God, we've talked, yeah, yeah. taken some some bullets in the comment section. Yeah, no kidding. Um, he says poor drafts have caused the dearth of depth and talent, not Kirk's salary. I will say this: I, I went back after the episode. It is amazing. So, 2015, the Vikings had an incredible draft. Yep. Stefan Diggs, Daniil Hunter. Eric Kendricks, Trey Waynes was their first pick yeah. in that draft, and he was a good starter. And then between 2016, 17, 18, and 19, they drafted 39 players and had four key contributors that I can count out of 39. Yeah. Bradbury yeah. and Garrett Bradbury and Alexander Madison are two of the four key contributors. Yeah, so a backup running back and a below average center. That's bad. Loose interpretation. Dalvin Cook and Brian O'Neill being the other one. So, you know, if you were to say, hey, they're going to pretty much crap the bed in the draft for four years starting in 2016 oh, yeah. through 19, you'd say, well, that might cost somebody their job at some point. Well, and it did. And 2020, so. with the Bills pick that you got in the Diggs trade, you get Jefferson, but you also take Jeff Gladney. Yeah. Uh, yeah, There's and, and that's the thing about, so that's the big thing, in my opinion, though, with Rick gone and then Kwesi in 22, because he missed that draft. Mm -hmm. So now you've got this extended, I mean, that is that comes back to, again, a, overall, defensively especially, there is a complete lack of depth here. Uh, yeah, the 20 and 21 drafts before the 2022 if. We're they kind of bounce, Rick kind of bounced back there. He got you Jefferson and Darisa. Darisa, Cam Bynum, Ezra Cleveland, Josh yeah. McTellus, DJ but, Wanham, KJ Osborne. And that's great, but my problem is this. The second, your first-round pick that, that went towards Gladney, that's not an excusable miss. Like a sixth-round miss, okay, you tried something. But when you have – trade back in, yeah. That, that's like when, when uh, the Vikings took Culpepper in 1999 with Washington's pick at 11 – and then their pick, obviously, coming off that great 98 season, was yeah. very late. And they took Demetrius Underwood. And when he disappeared from Mankato at some point in time, Denny referred to that pick as a bonus pick. That was a bonus pick. Yeah, bonus pick. And I think <laughs> Red McCombs is like, uh, dude, first-round picks are not bonus picks. <laughs> no, they're not. We need to hit on all that's, our, you That's know. how I would frame it if I was in the NFL. bonus pick. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. You get a, you get a pick every year. It's an extra podcast. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's an extra it's unit of content. Yeah. You're okay. It's just a bonus pick. <laughs> Oh, man, I have one more Vikings question for you guys. I was talking to somebody before the show started, and I can't remember like who here? it was. Somebody here. So uh -huh. I, I wish see I could what get proper when you credit. can't remember stuff? This is Judd and names, man. You see? But they asked. Mid-30s, it starts. I know. It's, it's definitely happening for me. But, but they asked, aren't the Vikings due for some luck at some oh, point? Oh, yeah. That's right. Someone asked us that. Who asked us was that? Was that you? But it's a great question. Robbo. Well, Robbo asked Was it Robbo? Robbo Brian did. Where's Robbo? Not here right well, now. Well, hold on, a, hold on a Robbo. second, though. Hold it on a Robbo. second. It was Robbo. 
And last year, okay, Packer fan. Yeah. The thir the thirteen okay. the thirteen wins last year with all those one score wins and health. And it's my opinion that they then bleeped the bed yeah. against the Giants. I think they got a ton of fortune. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, last year they were they were the luckiest team in terms of point differential that's a lot of luck. compared to record in NFL history. Yep. So they did. They but but they weren't necessarily. It wasn't like. Like, to, to me, luck would be, okay, 2017. Well, they did get lucky there, too. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they've gotten lucky. But the, play, the playoffs the are not about miracle. luck. The playoffs are not well, about kind luck. Of, kind of, though. I mean, you need like, oh, like, some like, good fortune. Like, the Giants literally needed a, a fourth-string wide receiver to pin a ball to his head to win a game yeah. against the Patriots. So there's okay, that's one play, high but leverage moments. But I'm saying they still got through all of the previous rounds to even get to that game. Could you, like, 2009, 1998, I know they've. They choked away those games. But yeah, you choked. How about, you know, you don't miss a – like the luck there would be, can you just make a 38-yard field goal? But then you would say, well, make your own but luck by making a 38-yard field goal. Or getting a stop and don't drop an interception. In the 2009 NFC title game, coming out of a timeout, you sent 12 men into a huddle. Like if you're that stupid – That's bad luck. Uh, you deserve the bad uh, luck. Tahi. You, it was tough. There's a couple guys that were – That's the call coming from inside the house. <laughs> you're screwed. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, no, but I guess on a you'd think though after 60 years or what has I it been 64 years that you would just kind of luck box your way into a Super Bowl run at some point, right? Where you just like the year where Joe Flacco became the best quarterback in the league for Dude, four weeks in January. The Panthers know? have been to two Super Bowls in this millennium. The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Vikings haven't been to one. What was the Keegan Michael Key line about the Panthers at the NFL? God, their stuff is great. Award show. I love those. Yeah. He said uh, the punchline was the only, the only team, the only thing further away from the Super Bowl is the Carolina Panthers. But I don't have the first part of the joke, so that doesn't really. That didn't work at all. Worked out well. That felt really. You did a good job hosting the better than Joe Coy did hosting the the Globes or whatever the hell the award show was. But they they really have shot themselves in the foot at the most inopportune times. Yeah. In 2009, 17, you're. And and here's my here's my issue again where they screwed up. In 17, you have a pretty comfortable lead at halftime against the Saints. If you hold on if and as much fun as the play was, if you just win that game normally, then you don't go crazy and spend the week celebrating. And then you go to Philadelphia like, okay, it's all it's all business. Instead, they completely blow that lead. Probably should have lost the game. Win on this Miracle, and as they talked about, spent the next week like celebrating it. Yeah, that I feel like over celebrating is a theme in Minnesota sports. There's oh a, yes, a couple <laughs> couple Twins teams that would <laughs> like game ones. The Twins win game one sixty three. I think they had a game the next day against the Yankees, and they in just New got York. they did they got bombed on the, the airplane. They, <laughs> yeah. they got on a plane and got completely bombed. Oh, man. They show up there. They haven't slept. They <laughs> smell like champagne. What are you doing though? Like, <laughs> just, and, it was, and it was like the. How many times have they won the division before then? It's like, yeah, guys, we've, five times. Guys, we've, we've been here before. Yeah, we've been here before. So, anyhow, let's get Emma Carpenter up here to hang out with us for the rest of the podcast. Uh, Emma Carpenter, University of Minnesota women's golf team, podcast host, award-winning broadcaster, and the ambassador of the Minnesota Golf Show. Take the yellow one here and flip that switch up on the end of it. We'll go yellow, Roscoe. Uh, by the way, for those of you listening to this podcast on a Saturday, 
Uh, when you stop by the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant podcast stage, which is where we are right now, you have a chance to bid on some great items benefiting youth on course. Uh, a half-day boat rental courtesy of your boat club, dinner and a show for two at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater, uh, some custom orthotics courtesy of Midwest Pedia. You might, dude, this might be for you with your twisted it's ankle. Your it hurts. Yeah. It's all bruised up. My foot's a mess. A $100 gift card valid at Burrow Parlor. Oh. Look at that burger, dude. I need oh, that. I need I'll that. just go there. Yeah, Forget I'll, my foot. Yeah. Forget your foot. P.S. Steak, uh, Butcher and the Boar, and Char Bar. Oh, so some really places. good uh, at the table, but the Score North tent as you show up to the Minnesota Golf Show here. Emma Carpenter, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having yeah. me on today. What? Uh, so t tell us, for those of us here and then those of the people listening, uh, what are some of the highlights at the golf show here that you've – This, by the way, this long drive competition – Oh, yeah. They've just been, like, swinging as hard as they can for hours, I feel like. There's been so much adrenaline over in that area for a really long time, yeah. <laughs> I saw two guys, like, really gripping their, their club, and I'm like, why are these guys so pissed? And then I realized, oh, they're doing the longest drive competition. <laughs> this is, like, legitimate <laughs> serious stuff, like, man. We're at a convention center. It's supposed to be fun. No, this guy's like, no, I got to really hone this drive right yeah. now. Yeah, I know. I took some swings up there in the uh, – I was an exhibition enter into the men's, I think, 30 to 35 division <laughs> and uh, tried my shot. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm telling you, when you got people watching and they, you got the guy, you had Adam Sauter on the mic kind of pumping you up, counting you down on the times, like, your your heart gets pumping. You get gripping the, the club real tight, ready to go. You got to be careful. Like, how do you explain, uh, you know, uh, U of M coaches, I threw my back out doing a long drive simulator Ooh. at the golf show. Yeah, I'm I don't sure. think that conversation would go over too well. <laughs> that Luckily, that did not happen. I'm okay. My, my body could only swing so fast. But, yeah, no, that's that's going on over there in the in the 19th hole lounge, sponsored by Doogie McShanks. Uh, so it's been, like, bumping over there today. So many people, a lot of people gathered around for the long drive competition. They got, uh, you can kick back, watch the Waste Management Phoenix Open, watch some golf, hang out. Yeah. That spot's been super popular today. All kinds of stuff going on here today. It's just remarkable. All the apparel, all the equipment, that demo area they got. They got 10 bays over there. All the there manufacturers. You go, yeah, you need to ch check we, some numbers, need some new equipment. So you would have loved this a few years. So, so Judd is the, Declan and I love golfing. We're not, we're not by any means like great golfers but we can we can hold our own enough to not be embarrassed a few years ago judd you had not golfed for like 20 years was it yeah i haven't golfed probably since about 2000 so we we took judd to a golf course we were it's doing okay. a live broadcast judd's a lefty by the way and and we said okay we're gonna have you play ha, has not picked up a club in 20 years we're gonna have you play a par three from the i think it was from the blues uh -huh. from the blue wow. okay. from the blue tees you cannot take a warm-up swing just completely we, trunk slam it. It's a it's a par three, 100. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> it's you, slam the trunk. When you slam your trunk in the parking lot, yep. off you go. Yeah, yep. that's the trunk slam. Okay, that's And a we had term. the audience set a proper over under of I think they said seven and a half. So if he get if he can put the ball in the hole, quadruple bogey or better. Oh, seven and a half was the score. 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 Was seven and a half yards. score on yeah, a par three. I was thinking Having seven and a half yards. left to right. I'm like, wow, you're pretty yeah. good. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. And it so might have been eight. There's a lot of drama because, okay, if he just, like, shanks his tee shot into the woods, we're in business if we took the over, right? Right. He steps up. No Did you take the swing. over? I took the over, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah. Well, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He, pipe, he takes a seven iron just, like, for comfort. Pipes it right down the middle, 
literally like 120 Dang. yards. So now we're like pitching. And, uh -oh. and then Judd, no, but then Judd pitches it up like within probably 20 feet. Don't <laughs> it, tell me the wheels fell off from it there. It took a few shots. It took like, I think it took four. You, you got it in six, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. A double bogey. Took him, it took him four putts to get it yeah, in. But it was one of the, different. considering the circumstances, hasn't picked up a club in 20 years. To double bogey and to hit a straight tee shot That's, is one of the great yeah. golf accomplishments, the, I feel like. But the most important thing. One of the legendary titles. Was not having warm-up swings. Because yeah. then you can't think about it. Wait, yeah. you didn't even get a swing? No, no, no. no. I just stepped no up and hit it. No practice. Nope. But it actually helped. Had to go. How about some stretching? You do any stretching? Any <laughs> no. dynamic no, warm-ups? No, I don't. <laughs> some dynamic warm-ups. No, I don't stretch. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's amazing what that'll do for you. I'm telling you. I do like a 20-minute stretching routine. What is, like, what, what is dynamic stretching versus regular stretching? Dynamic is when you're moving, when you get like the high knees and oh, the. Yeah. Okay. And oh, okay. The, yeah, yeah, you kind of go in a line back and forth. Nope. That's enough for me. Some standing That's squats, you know. <laughs> I might go to, to the bar and, and have like two beers beforehand. That's dynamic. The dynamic yeah. That's is dynamic the walk drinking. to yeah. and from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two more at the turn. Yeah, that's Dyn how it works. Dynamic arm curls. That might yeah. be my <laughs> my biggest thing. What what are? Let me ask you this, Emma. Uh, what are the most? I'm sure you get stopped around, and people always want like a golf tip from someone who knows what they're doing. What are like the two most commonly given golf tips that you find yourself? Like, what are your Hey, I need to fix my swing. What pieces of advice do you find yourself giving out the most in your life? Oh, wow. That's golf such advice. a good like, question. Golf advice. I don't think I've gotten that question no, either. Question. I mean, well, Is that a good question? Good question. Yeah. You just said Very that. Good question. No, but, but you get a point now. Yeah. Boom. I said I said this on a, on a podcast yesterday. I said, well, as a podcaster, if somebody ever says to you, great question, you, yes. We used to have a ding for we that on the radio show, ding. and it would, it would derail interviews. They'd be like, What's what was that? Why was there a ding? A lot of, a lot of times like it's right filler, too. It's like I'm, yeah. so you, they say that's a good question while they think about, think about the it. answer. Exactly. Right. Which is what you just excuse. did. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. 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 well, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm definitely thinking about it. So I would say normally I would say tip, people typically come to me about a slice. I'm slicing the golf ball. So I always say, I'm going to guess that the mistake you make is you aim a little bit more left, trying to compensate for the fact that your ball is curving left to right, which is actually makes the situation even worse because the more that you aim to the left, the more you're going to swing over the top, the more you're trying to get the ball to go left, and the more it's going to put that left to right spin on the golf ball. So I always tell people we're trying to fix a slice. Aim your feet out to the right part of the fairway and then try to swing along the line of your feet. Try to swing out to right field and then close the face over from there. That'll get the ball yeah. working more of a draw rather than a slice. All right, here's an actual one because as you know, someone <laughs> oh, who actually – I, I knew this was coming. There we go. I knew this was coming. As someone who regularly fires, you know, a one Asking for a friend. Yep, yeah, asking for a friend, not me. As someone who regularly fires 102 on, on an 18 almost every time. And by the way, you know, that includes, you know, my, my classic reload and a couple uh, pickup putts. A couple holes of an asterisk. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You, know, you play with <laughs> the right... Up, put me down for... Uh, yeah, play with the right people. They won't ask you questions. They give you the gimmies, okay? It's, <laughs> it's the best part. But as someone... My, my biggest thing is struggling to make contact with my irons. Okay. Just cannot hit my lower irons at all from five through seven. I can't. When you say struggling to make contact with, you mean like like whiffing? Completely? No, not whiffing. I, no, no, no. Okay. I was wondering yeah. the same thing. Uh, <laughs> at solid contact in the point. air. Solid contact. Yeah. Solid contact. It's my biggest bugaboo. And like if I could even get that fifty percent fix, I would feel a lot Charge better about this. my game. 
yeah. what would be the get your Venmo yeah, up. Yeah, charge like, sure. charge Here, I'll get my QR code. I knew this was coming. <laughs> um, what would be what would rec- what would you recommend finding people to get the best type of contact, like to fix contact and get more regular good contact? Yeah, yeah, bugaboo. Good word. Good word. I would say for contact with the irons, especially with the short irons, a lot of mistake that people mistake. The biggest mistake that people make is trying to like kind of scoop it, trying to get the ball to go up in the air. Yeah. But you actually need to do the exact opposite. You need to pound down on that golf ball and compress it. So you want it to be ball and then ground. So I would say that if you can look up a picture or watch a video of perfect impact position, it doesn't really matter what you do when you take the club back, whatever you do, all the pros look different, right? Yeah. The biggest thing is just getting in that perfect position at impact. So, you know, it's it's shoulders slightly open, hips slightly open, uh, you know, your trail leg banked in a little bit and the shaft pushing forward so your hands are going to be ahead and that's perfect impact position so i'm gonna if you hit a bad golf ball if you don't strike it well i could you know pause it right at was when you're hitting the golf ball and it wouldn't probably wouldn't look like that you know so that's whenever you know you chunk it or you thin it or whatever so if you can get to that position with an iron, that's all. Whatever you do on outside of that is perfectly fine. So you want a happy Gilmore yeah. your way up to that ball as yeah. long as you're in. Do that, Joe. That's all we have to do. Definitely keep do going. You've yeah. got like you. Yeah. I knew that that you you were going to attempt to get her to fix your <laughs> entire golf, golf game. game. Yeah. I knew this was coming, and I appreciate it. Uh, and you know, I appreciate it. I yeah. got no problem no, with that. The guy, <laughs> the guy who plays once a week with a plus twenty handicap. No you know, like that. You've been looking to improve, yeah. though, seriously. Yeah, and I, time, I, so. I have. I mean, I feel yeah. like I have made strides. It's just yeah. now it's like, okay, I can regularly. F- I know where I'm at. Now can I get consistently under 100 is my, my legitimate goal. You can do it. I got all the faith in the world in the world in you. Yeah, yeah. so let's shave some strokes off the handicap. Let's do it. I've told these, my, my, my problem, uh, well, there's a lot of problems that I have <laughs> in life and in sports, but three or four years ago, I think it was like during the pandemic when we were all just looking for things to do, I decided this is the summer that I get more leg in my swing, more Love compression. It, like I'm on YouTube watching all these videos. Oh my gosh, you grinder! And it was and I found like five or six amazing channels with great Mr. Short Game. He shout was out. texting was me great. these links too. Like, yeah. dude, you'll never believe yeah. what I figured out. So I, <laughs> so I made it. I think I told you about this maybe like a year ago, Emma, when we talked. But like, I made it like 40 or 50 percent into a new swing feel. Not enough to be good with my new swing. What happened to the other 60%? But then, like, I lost my old swing feel. So I was just caught between, like, the YouTube videos that were, you know, trying to mold my new swing with no feeling for my old swing which resulted in just shanking everything on the driving range. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. That's that's the most classic. Yeah, whenever you're working on something, then it's it, say it's not going very well, you're like, "Wait, now when I'm going back to what I was doing before, that's not working either." Yeah, you're just in the <laughs> middle. So I guess my question is, should we be watching YouTube golf instructional videos or no? Nice it's whatever works whatever works for you. If you like it, I mean, also if you got the time to get out there and go practice. You know, uh, for a while, my dad would always complain to me, like, why am I not, you know, shooting better scores? And I'm like, well, dad, when's the last time you went and practiced? You play golf all the time. He's like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, practice is, is part of it, but also – it's just about it's important to feel comfortable as hard as that might be to you know try to mentally tell yourself to feel comfortable it, it, you got to try to the club's got to feel good in your hands at the end of the day do yeah. you um like when when you go through uh, adjustment or a slump or something mm-hmm. do, do you consult your coach or like is there a swing doctor like what what's the 
what's the answer for like when you're looking to answer questions about your own game? Yeah, that's a really good question. So all the players at the <laughs> ding, <laughs> all the players at, at the highest levels, at the collegiate level, at the professional level, they'll all have one swing coach. They have one swing coach. A lot of the best college players, they'll come into college and their head coach, their assistant coach at the university isn't their swing coach. Okay. Um, they might be. Some, some head coaches are swing coaches. They work with some of the players. But so that's why sometimes you'll see like news online like, oh, this professional is now moving to this swing coach because it's yeah. a really big deal. I've been with a guy for 10 years and then they decide to make a change to another really renowned swing coach. So I would say that um, all the best players, whenever they have a Whenever they have something that they want to work on or they they want to tweak, it's always going to be a, some one-on-one -on -one work with their swing coach, definitely. You mentioned, by the way, uh, so we've got, is it the the Waste Management 16th hole over here at yeah. the golf show? Yeah. Have you been watching this? Dude, the videos that are coming out, and it's like this every year at the actual Waste Management Open, yeah. where it's still dark for like two hours, and it's 5.15 in the morning, and there's thousands of people at the gate looking to sprint up to the 16th hole. Bring it on. I mean, would there you was, guys wait outside yes. all night to do yes. this? There yes. was a guy, <laughs> there, there was one I saw this morning, I think on X, with a big guy carrying his buddy <laughs> literally over. Oh, the, yes, the guy was passed He out. had thrown him oh over his shoulders. Fireman carry, yeah. yeah and, but this guy was not being carried, was not like a small guy. You can't leave your friends behind and at the waste management. No soldiers left no behind. No man left yeah. behind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's hanging off his front, like he is passed out. <laughs> like his arm is just dead. Do you, here's another question on that, because it, it, they do it on purpose. They make it, they don't advertise it this way, but it's like the loudest, most obnoxious, like drunkest event. It's fans cheering at the 16th with the stadium. Would if we if we opened up for just like cheering like other sports, would that ultimately like would golfers get used to that or would would it be too distracting? People That's just constantly making noise and Wow. I never I never really thought about that. The waste management is just such a unique yeah. event. It's the only event that's like yeah. that. But all the players love it. They abs they eat it up. And that's partially because it's I mean if there was cheering all the time, it would be pretty similar to there being quiet all the time. Yeah, I just, it's just a stead, it's like white noise, basically. Yeah, that's kind of the way that I personally view it. I think they love it. I'm th all I'm thinking about right now is Happy Gilmore going, oh, yeah. let's hear some noise. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, yeah, I mean, there would probably be I – mean, I know I'm sure there's some opinions about the Waste Management Phoenix Open, you know, yeah. not being so traditional. There are a lot of people in the game who would definitely think that – Golf is meant to be played a certain way. It's meant to be quiet, meant to be respectful. You go out on a golf course nowadays, it's it's quiet. It's just the etiquette to be quiet when somebody else is hitting. So it would probably be an adjustment for players if other events were like that. You know, they played their entire life, and it's, you know, relatively quiet and relaxed. And then you go out. As soon as you're playing pro golf, all of a sudden it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, a couple of years ago, I golfed with a group of three, like, acquaintances, friends that I had never golfed with before. And on the first hole the leader of the group said, hey, for the next four hours, we're gonna, let's tell stories, let's yep. have fun. Don't worry about, just if you're telling a story in the middle of someone's backswing, can we all just agree that no one cares? Just yeah. keep going. Just go, so yeah. you know, we're not like yes. playing for money here or anything. God. So everyone just agreed. I think like, that's, like, that's a fun thing to do out the start is, let's set some ground rules here, yep. okay? 
we can we can laugh. It's it's a fun four hours. Let's not uh, take it too serious. Well, it feels like too, just in general. Like I have buddies who work at golf courses, and they say the same thing. They have you have they have to get out of the old school mode of golf is most supposed to play this way with the etiquette and the rules. Like you need a little bit more of a spice. You need a little bit more of people that are a little bit more rowdy. That actually makes the game bigger. So you're not narrowing the whole game to like this one unique set of people. It's too intimidating for a lot of people to start yeah. playing, I feel like. Absolutely. When it's, Absolutely. It can be a little stuffy sometimes. That's, so. a, that's a really good point. I feel like part of the reason why COVID was so big for the boom of the game is because it got a lot of young people mm -hmm. in on it. Yeah. I just got back a couple months ago. I was in Miami for uh, for an event with JBL and Malbin. Malbin is the brand that Jason Day just partnered with. Okay. Left Nike, now he's with, yep. with Malbin, which is a streetwear brand. They're trying to bring more streetwear into, into golf. But JBL, same kind of thing. It was too funny. I they had a golf outing, and I said to uh, one of the JBL guys, I said, so are we playing music today? And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, we're playing music. Yeah. They were playing music all day. And, you know, I go out with a, a lot of my buddies who are on the men's golf team, and the same thing. You know, we're, we're playing music. That's actually yeah. kind of a newer thing, it's too. It's totally, yeah. All the speakers on the golf cart, that's like new. It, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's super fun. It's I got a group fun. of friends uh, that we, we, we exclusively play Yacht Rock off someone's of phone for four yes, hours. That sounds right. <laughs> the, little uh, early 80s soft the, rock. The well, place that, that was nuts was the, the week that – we were out at the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup. Cup is, I mean, oh my God. the Ryder Cup was awesome. Breed. Right, but I mean, that yeah. thing, that's all the top players, yeah. and it's it was crazy. And players, like, like too, there's sometimes... You talk about drunk fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> no kidding. But even, like, Ryder the Cup players teams. feeling like they can celebrate loudly, right? You make a big cool. putt. And, but if it's in team competition, celebrating is more, I think, acceptable in golf. But if it's... If it's you versus like one other person, I, players tend to sort of suppress their celebrations. Yeah. But the, the Ryder Cup, it's like you got Rory McIlroy doing the well, I can't hear you to the crowd and Patrick right. Reed. Ian, Ian Poulter <laughs> makes a whole living playing the yeah, Ryder Cup, does. for God's sakes. Like he's ranked 109th in the world, and here he is pounding his chest hitting a 18-foot birdie. Yes. Yeah. But I, 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 I usually just play with the same group, and then when you mix in one of you, like this summer I played with a friend who like took it super seriously and got like – pissed at my friends for like just having a conversation as a backswing it's like dan you know yeah calm you, down, you calm down? Okay, like yeah. i know my i'm the 20 handicap my buddies are probably more legitimate like in the 80s but you're not going to break any course record at woodbury today like we're <laughs> no. all okay we're all we're all we're, yeah, all doing we're, all right. we're playing como in st yeah, paul yeah, here let's, mickelson let's okay let's calm what, down like, we're not playing anywhere fancy let's let's That's have mickelson so loves that at beth page they, they were going crazy. Yeah. And he was like. He soaks it in. That's yeah. when he you liked it. The, now he gets to show off the calves in, uh, in uh, Live Golf. <laughs> well, Phil's in good shape, too, now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I feel like when it comes to, to cheering at PGA Tour events, it's generally like people just come for the good golf. So yeah. even if it is player versus player, if somebody sinks a long putt, somebody hits a good shot, yep. sometimes I, you know, some of the spectators might not even know who it was, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. awesome, <laughs> good to see. But I completely agree. I do think – Yes, have someone who's played competitive golf. If you if you do hear one sound in your backswing, totally, it's a, it's a big distraction. Oh, yeah, like there's all kinds of etiquette where you you should never tear open your glove in someone's backswing. You just shouldn't do it. Well, like I, do that. I probably do that. All I do the it on purpose. Oh yeah, actually. it's yeah. like, but it's stuff that you'd never really think about. Um, but you know, it's as hard as these people work to get just totally. one stroke better. Yes. It's it's 
it's a lot different when you're playing a leisurely round of golf in Woodbury as opposed to, <laughs> yeah. you know, in an event. Don't for tell sure. these guys yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's like continuous noise, it's completely different totally. as opposed to, you know, one single thing and someone's backswing right at the top when yeah. you're, you know, supposed to be laser focused. But uh, Emma, tell our podcast audience where they can find you on social media, where they can find uh, just your media work and any any projects. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram. That's uh, handles Emma Carpenter, just all lowercase, but uh, three M's in Emma. I've also on my website, emmakcarpenter.com, got all my work on there and upcoming events and any appearances. So uh, those are my main two platforms. I'm also on X, uh, same handle as my Instagram and uh, t TikTok, all lowercase Emma Carpenter. Awesome. Got to be on TikTok. Carpenter. Yeah, you know what? TikTok's back. He's, he's I actually I was a star active. on He is I the star TikTok. of Scorner TikTok, TikTok here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm addicted to it. I scroll yeah. constantly yeah. now. Oh, yeah, you got to be careful. I'm not. I'm trying to get more into it, more into the golf TikTok. There's lots of lots yeah. of content oh, yeah. out there. So, But yeah. thank you guys so much for having me thank on you, today. Emma. Appreciate you, you the, uh, the ambassador of the Minnesota Golf Show. And Compress uh, the ball, Judd. Compress, Compress the ball. Ball no, first, yeah. divot yeah. second. Ball first. Ball first. I like to go divot, ball, and then some more divot. It actually makes perfect. I like, I like the tiger line where he says, no, I don't take divots. I, same. I don't take divots either. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just hit the top of the ball. Hey, what is great. he's announcing this week, too? Just the here's the encore talk, uh, topic before we say goodbye. Um, he's he's off Nike now too because Nike's done with apparel, right? Yep. And you said Jason Day. He's announcing, I think, his new apparel partnership at like, the Genesis. in two or three days. Okay. At the oh, Genesis. Wow. Do we know what it's going to be? Is we don't. Leaked? We don't. So he announced that he was leaving Nike, and then the Genesis at Riviera, you know, coming up. Everyone's saying, what's he going to wear? He said something big's coming. Is it going to be a Nike 2.0? Is it going to be his own right. line? Some people were thinking he might join Malbin with Jason Day. Oh. Um, who knows? Who knows? So it's going to be a big, big announcement. Yeah. All right, guys. That's a wrap awesome. here from the Minnesota Golf Show on the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant stage. Uh, thank you guys for, uh, for hanging out. And if you're listening to this podcast on Saturday, come on out to the golf show on Sunday. MNGolfShow.com for ticket information and information about all the different experiences and vendors. MNGolfShow.com.